1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, the Bucks just couldn't quite get there. They they tried their hardest. Uh, they tried to claw all the way back into this one, but in the end, they did not have enough. They lose 107-104 to the Washington Wizards. A game that uh, let's see that are they split on the season now two and two with the wizards I'm yeah
0: sure. yeah which is important i think what is the next tiebreaker conference record which i know the bucks have especially early in the season they had a really bad conference record so i can't remember
1: if it's conference or division but i don't think the bucks are doing particularly well in either of those
0: yeah yeah i mean obviously you win today's game you lock up that head-to-head tiebreaker um yeah that's, after that's
1: the really game big. after the game Giannis said i mean kind of what we all knew like this one counted for two this was, if you get it, that gives you an extra game on the Wizards for that tiebreaker. So uh, the Bucks were very aware of what this could have meant, and instead they lose, split it, and now you have to go to kind of that next level on the tiebreaker. If the Wizards are a team that end up being uh, in there with the Bucks that they need a tiebreaker with, we'll see exactly uh, kind of where these teams fall. I'm not sure where to start on this one, Frank. Um, I don't know that there's there was a... I mean, Giannis has a standout game with 23 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists, six blocks, three steals. Like we were on five by five watch and triple double watch on the same night, and that's just kind of a ridiculous thing to say for someone to be able to impact the game um, in that many ways. Uh, but ultimately, they were clawing back from a 40 to 22 first quarter, a 25 to six start for the Washington Wizards, and uh, just. Just not enough there. Um, I guess where where do you want to go, Frank?
0: Well, yeah, I mean we can kind of talk. I mean, you know, this was a draining game to watch if you're a Bucks fan. You know, um, obviously that first quarter I think that it was 26 to five at one point. I mean, I think was it 14 to nothing at one point as well before Giannis drove to the basket for a layup. Um, you know, it started off with one of these like Jesus Christ, is this really like? The Wizards are just going to make everything, and the Bucs are just going to, like, I don't, I don't even know what to call <laughs> getting shut out <laughs> in a basketball game. Uh, what, what How you even characterize that? But, you know, first quarter, you're feeling like, I mean, are they even going to be competitive in this game? And, you know, you obviously felt like, okay, this is the NBA. I mean, the Wizards, I mean, come on. The Wizards are not that talented. They've been playing really well, but you got to be able to muster a run. I mean, I mean, look at the Bucks. Look at the Bucs. Roster And look at the one that went up for the Wizards tonight. You know, you have to give the Wizards a lot of credit because Bradley Beal's good. Um, Kelly Oubre has moments, didn't have maybe a ton of them tonight. Um, You know, like it, it just it's not like you look at that Wizards roster and say, oh, they're loaded. I mean, Otto Porter, who I was worried would have his breakout game, 17 points on 18 shots. You know, I mean, the Wizards were not great. Their offense was not great. By the end of it, only seven out of twenty threes. They didn't actually, you know. I think they went pretty cold from three over the rest of the game. Um, But it was just tough because even in that second quarter, the Bucks start to make a run. Jabari Parker begins to get humming a bit. Giannis starts to find his rhythm a bit. Um, But they couldn't quite get it. You know, they couldn't get it under double digits at halftime, right? And it it seemed like that was maybe going to happen. And then they do finally go on a big run in the third quarter. They outscore them thirty-one to twenty. In the third, but it seemed like for ten minutes, the, it was a four-point lead, oscillating between four and seven points. They couldn't get to that, and then in the fourth quarter, I mean, how many one-point, how many chances did they have to take the lead? Was it five? It felt like five. fifteen. I think yeah. I heard five. Yeah, they had five chances to go ahead in this game. They screwed up every one of them. I think probably half of them were three or maybe three out of the five felt <laughs> might have been turnovers. Um, you know, I, we were talking before the podcast. I mean, the Bucks had 18 turnovers, felt like 25. I don't know, pick a big number. Um, they just they were just a team that lacked precision in, especially in the moments when certainly lacked precision early in the game, on both ends. And then you know, defensively they ratcheted up a lot as the game went on. I mean, Giannis' incredible effort individually defensively with those six blocks, three steals. Um, you know, they made plays defensively, but offensively just man it, it was just you know you just couldn't you, i mean who did you trust tonight right it's <laughs> parker for periods maybe Giannis for periods in the maybe before for the late game um you know chris middleton <sighs> chris middleton was you know not great again um eric Bledsoe actually was pretty efficient for a while and then went to pieces in the fourth quarter i mean it was just a, a draining game to watch a really frustrating game to watch and um, as you said, this is a big, big blow. I mean, to to go to have that goal of getting that four seed, I mean, you, you're probably going to look back on this game at the end. Of the, I think I think there's a very, very good chance we look back on this game at the end of the season when the Bucks are in, you know, sixth or something like that, and. We say, man, that that could have been, you know, that weekend, right? The, the the Pelicans turning into that game against the Wizards. That that was a turning point potentially in the season. And you know, lots of games left here. It's not like you know we're in the last weekend of the season or something like that. You have 22 games left. But um, as you said, you know, as as you said that the Bucks said this was worth two, and you know they've got a bunch more of these coming up, and they they need to right the ship because they're just you know shooting themselves in the foot left and right.
1: Yeah, I, I guess the. It's funny to think just how sloppy I felt this game was and then to look at the turnover totals for each team and be just totally shocked that it wasn't much higher. Like the Bucks only had 17 turnovers, and I shouldn't say only 17, but to what it felt like, I would have guessed way more, but only 17 turnovers to them. The Wizards only had 12, and when the Bucs were coming back, it felt like every possession was a turnover for the Wizards, where the Bucks were going the other way, and uh, the Bucks were were then turning it over in transition when they did get those steals, and it just felt like... I mean, it just felt like a really sloppy game, and um, in the end, when you look at it, like, I guess it wasn't quite as sloppy, but it just a game that had next to no flow in just an ugly basketball game that the Bucks can't end up pulling out, and I think the big thing you have to circle is five turnovers for Giannis, four for Bledsoe, three for Middleton, right? Like, you have to, yep. I think you circle those, and in a number of moments there's a charge against Middleton uh there's those back-to-back fast break possessions that Middleton he talked about after the game and said like I have I'm a better player than that like I can't make those plays two times in a row but i think it was what a charge on one and then the one before was an attempted lob to Giannis that gets yeah. blocked and then Giannis has a couple of charges of his own uh and he has a couple bad plays bledsoe bounces a couple off his own foot driving baseline like it was just a pile up of the guys that are the bucks creators turning the ball over and there, there was just a bunch of spots where they were just killers like it was just spots where you couldn't really you couldn't really deal with it, uh, and part of me wants to say that they were lucky to be in it at the end. Or, or I guess credit to their defense that they were able to continue getting stops, and especially Giannis from the backside with some of those blocks, and he has three steals on the night as well. Like there were certainly those moments where uh, they were able to get out and uh, make some plays defensively to keep themselves in it offensively, but uh, I think you're just gonna. Uh, They're probably not going to have time to look at much film, maybe on the flight over tonight uh, before they're back-to-back with Detroit tomorrow. But just the one look-through you're going to get of that film, you're going to – I would assume they're just going to sit there and circle play after play where – they could have done better and uh, they just don't end up getting to win late in this game they have a chance Giannis gets another look late in the game a uh, missed one on Sunday where where's a step back uh, on the right wing he ends up missing that one gets tipped out to Jason Terry Terry's shot is too late tonight it's a fadeaway um, in the middle of the floor misses that one bucks aren't able to get the rebound it tipped around a little bit they kept it alive for a second but eventually couldn't get that and then they foul with 1.8 left they weren't in the bo- the wizards weren't in the bonus yet they have to foul again it goes down to 0. 0.8 uh, they only make one free throw bucks get a chance to try to get a shot off and i mean in that situation it's going to be an ugly look but they don't even get a look off and I think, again, just kind of a frustrating thing to see where you do have some chances and you're not able to make them. Um, what did you think about the execution late? Because there's a couple things I wanted to circle. One, the defensive possession where Beal hits the three, that puts them, was that up four? Or was it, yeah, it had to be up four. Yeah. Um, where it puts them yeah. up four. I thought it was a bad closeout from Giannis which we've seen before, where it's just over-aggressive. Morris gets a blow-by, and then a silly help play from Bledsoe where he gambles in hopes of, I think, getting a steal as he attempted, as Morris attempted to kick it out to Beal, and ultimately it ends up in in a three for Beal that he hits and after the game I asked Giannis about it and he said he thought it was a great defense possession they were able to get it down to one second that he hit a shot he hit a quick three uh, on the right wing that Bledsoe was there and I just don't know that I agree with that assessment I, I, I just thought there was both I, I think I thought both were missteps I thought Giannis attacking too hard on the closeout was a misstep and I thought Bledsoe over just trying uh, gambling I, I think would be the only way to say because it, it's not really help In that situation, because you can't actually, like, you can't stop that drive without actively giving up that three. So to me, it's it's more of a gamble that you're going to get that steal and then giving up an open three. So I guess let's start there. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, Honestly, that play was a blur to me. Uh, I'm not even going to try to make something up. I mean, uh, you know, the frustrating part was they had that great possession, what the possession before, where they forced them to move the ball around it ends up in Saturansky's hands who didn't want to shoot late in the clock and Giannis blocks him. Um, but, I mean, the the frustrating thing was it just seemed like whenever the Bucks, you know, had that final moment where they needed to make a play, they couldn't. And they made more of them defensively in the fourth quarter. But, like, even in that third quarter, I mean, how many times did they not, could they not cover a pick and roll with, like, Jan Mihimi, like, going down the middle mm-hmm. of the defense, right? Um, and I'm not sure how many of those were against Thon versus um, versus Henson. I mean, Pretty much if you were a center for the Bucks tonight, you were terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Henson was really bad. Thawne was a non-factor. I mean, Thon was a plus six, but, I mean, you know, had three turnovers in 13 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like it, it was just it was it was tough because and Gortat wasn't great for the for the Wizards either, right? I mean, he only had six points on six shots. Um, it's not like they got killed by the centers per se, um, but the Bucs just didn't get anything from their bigs. And I mean, Henson missing that dunk in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just like, what else can go wrong with these guys? And, um, and and yeah, I mean, obviously the, the play you're describing that didn't involve the the center necessarily, but um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just it's just tough cuz i mean these are the games that you know they're they're i don't want to say they're they're coin flips but you know um, if you get that many chances to take a lead you know it, it's better than a coin flip right yeah. like you, you, the odds are stacked in your favor that if you keep getting those chances that at some point you're going to be able to start playing from from the front and the bucks just you know show very little composure um, you know blood so force a couple shots um, i mean the one that i mean the one that was maybe the most indicative that the bucks were just not going to win this game was i think it was 9493 bled they get a turnover bled so comes steaming on the court um has a chance at a it was a lefty kind of i mean it, you know it, it was somewhat acrobatic i mean it wasn't like just a gimme layup but um you know he goes up we've seen him finish these many times and you know he didn't even get it above the backboard <laughs> of the, the backboard i think he hit yeah. like the, the rim and then the back i mean it was just a bad you know it's like what what you might look like you know trying a layup that you can't the, that you're not athletic enough to try. And it's normally and it a spot like, where he
1: just bounces off some, like the defender yeah. will typically bounce off there and he'll lay it in really easy. And ugh, no.
0: Yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting. Cause I mean the, you know, like we were saying, I was shocked that the wizards only had 13 points off the bucks, 18 turnovers. Um, I was surprised the wizards only had 14 fast break points, same number as the is at least according to the, the box score we have. Um, but I think maybe, you know, mentally, it was that you know it's not just some of the bucks turnovers right like it's one thing if it's a you know shot clock violation where the other team is playing really good defense and you know like you just don't have a good shot and then it's a turnover and it's a dead ball and you you know the other team gets it live ball turnovers suck um and then turnovers where you have a fast break and you know you throw you airmail the ball over the other over your your teammates head which at least it's it's not a live ball turnover but you know or you just make a bad pass you know we just saw so many times tonight where it wasn't just you know necessarily what the that the wizards got a bucket but it's that the bucks had no excuses not to get a basket of their own um and it's it's just you know it's just very frustrating right and um you know, again, you can kind of go down the list, right? I mean, Bledsoe's fourth quarter was really frustrating. I mean, Bledsoe was actually hitting shots before that. Um, his three point shooting month, he's shot really well from three this month. He was three for seven tonight, 17 points, 15 shots, but um, four turnovers, you know, six out of 15. I think he was 0 for four in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know Middleton six out of 13 as you mentioned over four from three um, missed a, a pretty big free throw ultimately in the final minute again uh, missed one on Friday as well um, 17 points on 13 shots so not bad efficiency from Chris but I mean kind of again like you know you you know it's like one of these things like these last couple of games you had Bledsoe and Middleton actually reasonably well on Sunday you didn't get enough from Giannis tonight not a big night from Giannis offensively at least I think it was again a pretty frustrating second half where you know Wizards just did a good job like putting enough bodies in his way and um you know had to settle for some jump shots didn't get enough stuff going to the rim they you know drew some charges on him um another frustrating offensive night for Giannis but uh, again I mean 13 boards eight assists six blocks three steals I mean you know you can't put this one on Giannis even if he did miss that last shot right I mean that, that's obviously um uh, you know he he was huge especially on that defensive end making plays but um but yeah it was just tough you know you just didn't have enough guys making plays late and we did see Jabari Parker actually play late in the game for the first time we saw you know kind of crunch time Jabari Parker um I, did crunch time Jabari Parker even touch the ball I don't even know if he did to be honest I want to um, say no Yeah, I mean, and this is sort of what we were talking about yesterday too. You know, it's like if you're just going to be playing two-man games with like Giannis and Bledsoe, which is a lot of times what it comes down to, or like Middleton gets a touch, um, you know, again, it's just like you're not going to be playing like whiz-bang, everybody touching the ball, offense generally in these late-game situations because you're going to get conservative, you're not playing fast. um, And if you're not Giannis slash Bledsoe or Middleton, you're probably just in the corner you know just seeing if maybe you can cut or you know get a rebound or something like that unfortunately i mean that's obviously not making great use of jabari who you know followed up his best scoring game with his with another best scoring game 19 points on 10 shots two out of three from three five out of six free throws five boards and assist he's plus five in 27 minutes you know again his a new season high for minutes as well um but you know didn't didn't make any impact in that, those last few minutes and, and this is kind of you know again sort of one of these macro questions obviously for the bucks is how do you how do you leverage the fact that Jabari is a dynamic talent, but he's also not just like a pure spot-up shooter type, right? I mean, he can do that. Um, we saw him do that a couple of times tonight, but, um, but I, you know, that's a question.
1: I mean, that's the, that's the greater question for the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like, none of their guys are the typical guys you go to late in the game. Like I know a bunch of people were in my mentions like, oh, what are these plays they're running? Why don't they call timeout to set something up? Like all this stuff. And it's like, well, no one respects Bledsoe's jump shot. No one respects Giannis's jump shot. Chris Middleton isn't that quick. Jabari Parker is coming off his second ACL tear. Like all of those guys aren't going to draw in multiple defenders or if they can draw in multiple defenders like Chris possibly can – he's going to be a little bit too slow to be able to take advantage of it, especially in late game situations where you can hold a little bit more. You're going to get away with a little bit more physical contact. Like it's not going to end all that well. So like I didn't have any problems with it. And I guess the one thing I've just been confused about in these last couple of games is where people are seeing these great plays that get people wide open late in games. Because I, I mean, I I feel like I watch a lot of NBA. I don't think I see it very often the times i do see it Steph curry has the ball in his hands kevin duran has the ball in his hands james harden has the ball in his hands chris paul has the ball in his hands um to kyrie irving has the ball in his hands and even then that's all out of iso or pick and roll and the bucks don't have guys as we talked about before the season as we talked about during the season they don't have guys that can shoot the three off the dribble like that is not something that they have so i just think it's always going to be difficult in those situations and i think you see that manifest itself late in games and the bucks for a large part, portion of the season have been great in the clutch like we've seen Giannis's numbers be great he's been able to hit a bunch of those fallaway jumpers and now that he's missed a couple now all of a sudden it's geez the bucks don't run any plays and i understand that's been a complaint throughout the season that it's too iso heavy late but that's the nba like uh, unless yeah, unless yeah. I'm missing something that there's some NBA that I'm not watching, that's how the NBA goes. Like that are allowed to be more physical that you don't want to get a turnover, you want to get a shot off. So you're going to go iso heavy and that's just the way it is. So that's a, that's always a complaint I see and it's just not one that I comprehend or I think is valid because that just doesn't exist. And, and again, if you if you're listening to this and you want to send me examples of it, that's great. But what I'm going to tell you is the examples you found are rare and that happens in five to ten percent of the, the plays late in the game so I, I just think it i i understand the frustration but this is essentially how the nba is played but the bucks don't have someone who is great in those situations if that makes any sense like those those four guys those four main offensive creators just aren't those type of players and you mentioned jabari not getting a touch and Uh, Jabari hitting some threes and maybe not being a prototypical stretch guy and I thought it was interesting I would have to watch a replay but from my vantage point behind the Wizards bench it looked like the Bucks had set up that final kind of go at the basket um I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase it like they had Giannis in the middle of the floor they wanted to give him a runway and to let him go and he kind of went right and then off of Parker came... I want to say Otto Porter. Maybe it was Kelly Oubre. I can't remember which one. But they come off of Jabari who is on the right wing. Stuff out, snuff out that that drive from Giannis. He pulls the ball back out, dribbles it over to the left side, and then they get into the ball screen action that eventually gets the fadeaway for him. But on that play, when he drove and that helper came, Jabari back cut. Like he, he came on that wing and tried to back cut there, but that lane wasn't going to be there because his guy was already helping there, and I'm almost curious if Jabari stays out, if he just sits on the wing and shoots. Like he might have had a wide open three just because there was so much uh, attraction to Giannis. So it would be something I would need to watch again. But I, I thought that was interesting. But again, in the end, you look at the four creators the Bucks have, and they are not ideal, prototypical. End of game creators, which makes this all very difficult and means the Bucks are at times going to take shots and bog down late in games.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned, I mean, Giannis is the guy who's going to be able to draw attention, right? I mean, but he's got to, he's got to, he has to be aggressive to do that as well, right? I mean, yep. you know, Giannis taking fadeaway, and this is what you say by not prototypical, right? Like, ideal world, Giannis has, has a killer mid range game where, you know, if he's trying to get to the basket, he can just. You know settle for a 17 footer and he's really good at that and I mean he he's shown the ability to yes be good at it in the clutch for some reason which you know is probably somewhat fluky obviously the, the extent to which he's been good in the clutch this year is you know given that he still has shown remarkably little improvement as a jump shooter overall um, you know probably there's some flukiness in that but you have to at least give him credit like he doesn't he doesn't back down I don't think he's getting nervous which is you know <laughs> no he's great it was just great to see, right? The last thing you want is your star player to be nervous. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's the guy that, you know, could actually draw, you know, attention and then, you know, having that, that next level passing ability to, to then actually make the play. You know, if, if you're going to get an open shot late in the game, it's because Giannis is going to draw attention. and He's going to kick it out and, you know, you're going to make an extra pass or whatever, and then maybe you get an open three, right? It's, yep. it's not going to be, you know, the coach drawing up some, the 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 open layup play, you know, like someone was yeah. asking about why they didn't drop a a better play than Giannis taking a jump shot. Well, you know, if if there was the open layup play option, then I'm sure they would have drawn that up. But that you know, this is generally not something any any NBA team typically is able to dust off in in late game situation So, um so yeah, I mean, that's that's the challenge, right? And and especially with the way teams have been bringing help really effectively on Giannis when he's been able to get like a crease and when he's, especially when he's ISOed on that left side, you know, we saw the Pelicans really with Anthony Davis bringing help, be able to really flummox him and and snuff him out. Um, You know, I I think back to uh, the game in OKC, the Thunder were very aggressive in, in bringing Steven Adams over to basically zone up on the strong side whenever Giannis was getting the ball early in that game. And, He a couple times got Henson flashing to just the middle of the paint um, to take advantage of that. And, um, you know, tonight in the fourth quarter, we saw Giannis drive uh, defender went up and Giannis kind of just jumped up, wrapped around lefty dump off for Henson for a dunk that he did not miss, thankfully. Um, And and that's sort of like kind of the next evolution of this to some extent, I think, like if if teams are are obviously going to show Giannis multiple bodies, I mean, I think it's still incumbent upon him to try to get going to the rim. Um, I think the whistle has been inconsistent of late. Um, you know, again, maybe it's maybe early in the season he was getting more favorable whistle. I think of late he's probably gotten a lot of contact where he hasn't gotten calls. Um, and especially when that's the case, you know, he's got to be able to recognize where the pass is, you know, where, where the open man is. And, you know, whether that's a guy, whether that's, you know, Henson flash in the middle of the paint or whether it's, you know, a weak side guy in the corner or whatever um, you know we saw him in that overtime game in Toronto um, you know the, the, the Terry three was probably largely fluky tremendous play by Giannis you know diving backhanded dump out to Terry for a lucky shot but um, probably that next three where they worked it around and Giannis got a hockey assist on the Middleton three that was probably the better sort of yeah. traditional play um, but that's the kind of stuff that you know Giannis is going to have to try to do more of but it, yeah it's hard and I kind of wonder too I mean I, I don't know. I mean, this is one of these frustrating things for me, you know, just sort of thinking like macro, you know, this rolls into the Jabari. How do you, how do you integrate Jabari and, and all that conversation? I, I just don't think, I think if, if you're going to bring back Jabari Parker and you're going to keep like more or less sort of the same general core of this team, the outline of this team, you, you're you just, you can't play John Henson like late in games, like especially in like offense only sets like this, this is one of the big frustrations for me this year is you know the bucks have been good when it's their starting five and they've been good when it's like their you know Giannis Bledsoe Middleton lineups right but it's like any other permutations just like everything goes to shit for whatever reason <laughs> and it's probably you know bad coaching inconsistent rotations you know all the kind of things you might you might call out um but it just doesn't seem like they've they figured out like how do you weaponize Giannis as a center um I I was shocked. I I was looking at some of the Giannis at point guard lineups. You know, we've seen a lot of them where Giannis, where Terry's like, you know, with Delvedova and Brogdon, like Terry comes in as like the nominal point guard, but Giannis is running the offense. Those lineups have been horrible, like negative 19 points per 100, 90 points per 100 offensively, like in the in the cleaning the glass, like league percentile rankings, it's like one percentile offensively. Ugh. I mean, they're, they're terrible. Like those lineups and they, I mean, Prunty keeps trotting them out there. Um, I, I mean, I feel like you got to try something else, uh, do something beyond having him out there with, you know, Terry and Sterling, who's been in a slump and like Fawn, you know I mean? Again, it's just like, I mean, Giannis is great, but the degree of difficulty is, is pretty damn high with some of the guys you're putting him out there with. So, um, so yeah, it's frustrating because it just seems like you have this really unique, weird, difficult to match up with talent. But the Bucks only sort of use him in like pretty traditional ways um, and in traditional lineups. And they haven't really figured out how to do stuff that that's different with Giannis. I mean, obviously he does some stuff that's different just because his natural talent. But, you know, in terms of like what what works for the Bucs, it's like he's got to be out there with a real point guard. You know, Bledsoe, he's been best with Bledsoe, even though they're not obviously an ideal fit by any stretch. Um, and he's got to be out there with the center. <laughs> it's just like, man, that's, you know, when I, when I think about like whatever the job interview process is going to look like for the new head coach, that that's something I I, I really want to know. What What is the next head coach, of the Milwaukee Bucks? How does he envision using Giannis? And, and how do you use him in ways that they're not using him right now? But anyway, I kind of got far, far adrift of the original conversation, but just something that kind of, was beginning to pop around in my head tonight, watching the Bucks sort of, you know, not be able to do anything unique. And obviously with Jabari and they're late, you know, that's a big question. You know, do you, do you have to go to the Giannis at center lineups with Jabari out there?
1: I think that's an interesting question for the summer. And I think it might also lead to some uncomfortable questions mm. as in, <laughs> are they going to work? Like maybe that's just not going to be how it's going to go. I don't know. Let's think about it. We can think about it uh over the offseason and try to figure out uh the best ways to unlock center Giannis and point Giannis. By the
0: way one thing I will say though, like and we did see Giannis and Jabari out there together and like when the Bucks were finally showing some signs of life in that second quarter, like it's refreshing and not that not that we didn't see this before but with the two of them, but it's just like refreshing when Giannis is out there and he can like pass to a guy and it's not like open jump shot or bust you know like the fact that Giannis can make a pass to a guy and he can actually like take a few dribbles and like create a shot that gets to the rim and is easy you know or, or whatever it's just like oh so that's what it looks like to have a guy with like actually some dynamic offensive talent on the court. Very refreshing.
1: Yeah, that's where I was gonna go next. Jabari Parker, 27 minutes on the night. Uh, we mentioned the fact that he didn't get any touches there late, um, but really that would have been in 23 in his first 23 minutes of action. Uh, he is able to score 19 points, five rebounds, and assist. And again, you see six free throws. You see two of three from three. Um, I'm trying to think. We're both catching shoots from Giannis again. I know. I think one of them was for sure. I'm trying to think if they both were. But again, you're seeing him hit some threes. Like you're seeing that dynamic offensive player that we all know Jabari has been in the past, and I think we all had hoped would return again this season. And you're getting to see that for the last couple of games. He, he's he's very much looked like. Uh, Giannis said it after the game like that's the JP that that we know that's that's him right there and um you just see I just I'm just so comforted by seeing six free throw attempts in those 27 minutes and uh, I might even cut it off to 23 minutes when he was actually getting touches and able to attack the basket like just that fearlessness that ability to get to the rim the ability to work someone off the dribble. i think it ended up in a heat check today where he had a center on him or maybe as a power forward and ended up in a step back jumper that ended up missing after he hit a couple threes but just there's shot creation ability there like i'm not sure i'm not sure he's ever going to be an upper level passer i don't think necessarily that's a skill that he has but as time goes forward he'll get more chance to kind of get some of those reps and and maybe find ways to to be in a more effective passer but he can create his own shot pretty much all the time. Um, he, he's just so uniquely skilled, and he's so athletic and so explosive that he's he's going to be able to find himself a shot. And um, I, I think as you watch this team start moving forward, uh, I do wonder twenty seven minutes for him tonight. So that's I mean that's getting closer and closer to starter minutes and. Uh, tony snell was two for four tonight from three uh two steals and two blocks and an assist a strange night for tony snell he is uh weirdly productive in those 22 minutes but he's been kind of slumping lately so i guess for me it's i start to wonder okay does do we do we see the bucks go to a larger lineup and again it's something that i don't really enjoy i don't really like the idea of Jabari or Giannis at the three um, and the other one at the four with a real center on the floor like I I don't enjoy that idea but I think if you are not getting a ton of production out of the two spot I think you actually you have to start thinking is that another way to get the offense get some more offense on the floor obviously Jabari is going to have his struggles defensively but can can that starting lineup kind of cover for him are, are they able or maybe this year doesn't even matter with the defense because I, I don't think anyone's really all that effective defensively um so maybe you just want to maximize the offense i don't know i there's a number of interesting questions but the fact that we're thinking about starting to ask those questions because jabari has been so effective it can be nothing but positive
0: it, it'll be interesting um you know one of the obvious questions how do you how do you hide him how do you you know, minimize his damage defensively, especially in sort of high-leverage situations. I thought it was really interesting in this game, which is not a game, not a situation that you would expect to see, pretty much any other game. Um, that the Bucks hit him on the opposing team's point guard, <laughs> um, Thomas Sadaransky, who um, you know missed a large portion of the second half due to foul trouble didn't have a huge game um you know did make some plays uh, we talked about him and how well he's played of late um, his unselfishness and you know kind of versatility good size um, but it was interesting because the bucks just put jabari on satransky late in the game um, there was one possession I can't remember what the end result was but it, it kind of worked back into a like there were a couple switches and it ended up then being jabari putting in getting put into a pick and roll which you know as I always say is like my biggest reason that I, I worry about putting him like on power forwards, for instance, just cause like there's so many one, four pick and rolls that yep. Jabari having to make decisions as the defender of the role man is just, I just feel like that really exposes his just lack of instincts defensively, lack of decision-making defensively. Um, I don't think we necessarily saw that um, late in the game, but again, not that this was necessarily indicative of a normal game just cause it was not a normal type of lineup that the Bucs were playing against. Um, there was, I know, one one obvious situation. He went under um, a screen where Otto Porter got freed up, hit a three straight away. Um, I think Joe Prenti actually, I would think I've read it right on Twitter, that Prenti actually was audibly telling him he had to go over next time. Um, you know, and, and that's just kind of the, 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 those are just sort of those things, right? Like that you just figure out, like, can you live with that? You know, like, does it happen too much that, you know, it really submarines you defensively? So, um, so again, but, you know, as you said, I mean, 27 minutes, the offensive pop we saw from him, uh, you know, in a game where obviously the Bucks needed a spark. Uh, he was obviously really big seeing him not just be able to get some stuff going to the rim, but, but also uh, hitting some jump shots, you know, some threes, also some twos. Um, that was certainly encouraging and again maybe a sneak peek here seeing him get some some late game minutes uh and, and yeah I'm, I'm really curious you know late game minutes especially if it's uh you know a, a situation where it's a late game offensive play um do, do we see finally some of these Giannis center minutes right especially with acquiring zeller we talked about how the zeller acquisition you know again nothing personal against zeller i think he's been totally fine didn't really do anything tonight in in limited minutes but um but one of the reasons we didn't like it as well is just because We kind of wanted to see more Giannis center lineups just to see what those looked like, especially with Jabari coming back. Um, And obviously right now with three centers that it seems like Joe Prenti is intent on playing, um, you know, I don't know, just sort of Jason Kidd flashbacks a little bit with three centers playing the last couple of games. Um, We'll see. It does seems like, you know, center Giannis is not necessarily going to be a thing, which maybe is good for his health. But, you know, again, from sort of unlocking the bucks sort of highest ceiling, probably the kind of thing that, that they're going to have to figure out.
1: I think that brings up an interesting question. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to phrase this. Does any of that, uh, I don't want to say does any of it matter because it all matters, but is that a fair expectation of Joe Prunty, or is that just, I don't want to say punta next year, but essentially that's the new coach's job. Like the The new coach needs to figure out those things and it would be unfair to to expect for Joe Prunty to figure out the ways to unlock all those things does that make any sense
0: well I I guess I would counter that if Joe Prunty wanted to like if we say that and, and again I think we're both in the camp that just has no expectation that Joe Prunty would actually be brought back as the head coach um but if you were Joe Prunty and you wanted to be have at least have a chance to to come back and actually have a chance at the full-time job.
1: Got to find some cool stuff. Then you got to you got to find some cool stuff.
0: And you know he's he's had a chance here to sort of experiment with the point Giannis lineups with the second unit without a point guard. It hasn't worked. Obviously, that's largely been by you know sort of necessity with with all their other point guards out. Um, but uh, but yeah, the center line Giannis lineup I think is the other obvious one that. Um, would be interesting. I think we saw, didn't we? See it like very briefly in like Jabari's first or second game back. Um, and I don't, I think it was against the Knicks, actually. Yeah, yeah it was for his first game back, and that seemed like a horrible time to try it, given it was against Cantor and Porzingis. <laughs> yes. Um, so that not necessarily a good good indic in indi- indi- you know zigging when they zag. Uh, yeah, something like that. But um, but yeah, I and I think the other piece too. I mean, you know, we don't. You know, again, big picture. Yeah, I mean, we don't necessarily need to get a definitive answer on whether Giannis can, you know, create a major mismatch advantage as a center in this season. You know, I mean, I yeah. guess you know, big picture. Yeah, we could wait till next year to figure that out. But um, since since that question is adjacent to the how do you maximize Dwyane Parker on this Bucks team with this current roster, yeah. I think it does actually become something that you'd actually want to experiment with this year. And if I'm John Horst, I would, I would say, how, how do we figure out, you know, where, where, how do we use that? You know, Joe Prenti, you're the coach. Um, I'm not going to tell you, you know, micromanage, you tell you exactly when you need to put Giannis in at center, but let's just say it would be good for your, <laughs> Chances at this job to go to go figure out a way to to try to use this and figure out how to make the best of it because part of it I think is just also practice for Giannis I mean he's not used to playing center right um, you know he's he's used to playing playing the game differently um, and he has to be in some different positions I mean again like Giannis is adaptable he can do I, I mean I'm sure he can do it. Um, I and mean, watching tonight, I mean, watching him as a weak side, rim in protector tonight. I mean, you know, one off his career high in blocks. Um, something we just, again, I mean, you know, what, probably one of the sadder things aside from the offensive stuff is just, you know, he hasn't been making as many defensive plays over the last few months as certainly we saw last year and early this season. Um, so it's pretty exciting to see him just all over the place defensively tonight. Um, but, you know, again, it's kind of hard to watch a game like tonight and not kind of think, man, Giannis at center. That could be a thing.
1: <laughs> Definitely. All right. Um, that's going to be it for this game. The Bucks have the Pistons today. Uh, they fly out on Tuesday night, and they'll play the Pistons on Wednesday. Um, I don't know how thorough of a preview we're going to get. How many get.
0: games have... <laughs> I was gonna say, I have the Pistons lost a bunch of games in a row? Still, uh, three in a row.
1: Okay. Yeah, three in a row. Okay. They kicked off the post All-Star break schedule with a 110-98 loss to the Celtics. They followed that up with a 114-98 loss to the Charlotte Hornets, and then on a back-to-back, or a, yeah, a back-to-back, uh, they lose 123-94 to the Toronto Raptors. So, um, wide margins of defeat for the pistons thus far post all-star break um, they're kind of struggling trying to figure out exactly who they are um, on the aggregate for the season uh, their offensive rating is 21 their defensive rating is 13 so just kind of a I mean a middle of the road team a 28 and 32 team a team that I think everyone kind of got excited about when Blake Griffin first got there. They had a couple wins, but now they've lost. Uh, obviously, the three after the All Star break, but then they had lost three of four going into the All Star break as well. Uh, with the only win being a 104-98 win over the Atlanta Hawks. So this is a team that's struggling. Um, again, I don't necessarily always like using these terms, but a team that the Bucks should beat. That 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 should be a win. Yeah. I know on the road on a back to back all of those things playing against the Bucks, But at the exact same time, you know, this Pistons team is struggling. If you want to continue to keep your expectations high, if you want to get yourself in a position to win a playoff series, you got to win these games.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Reggie Jackson is getting closer to returning, but still not in the lineup thus far. You know, they've been starting Ish Smith. Um, and I think they've been getting better play from Reggie Bullock, who, you know, is, was once a guy marooned on the Clippers bench after being a first round pick. Um, I think he's actually, yeah, he's actually been making threes for them. He's shooting 44% from three. He's now been starting along with Stanley Johnson. Um, so, you know, again, with obviously Blake and Andre, um, they have big bodies, right? I mean, you're going to need Henson in particular. I'm, I'm curious, you know, again, like how much do you even want to, I mean again, are you gonna how much are you gonna trust on to box out Andre Drummond tomorrow, right? Like do you just go with Zeller, right? Zeller and Henson. Like I'm yeah. I'm curious how they're gonna handle that. Um obviously Blake versus Giannis is an interesting matchup. Um, you know, Giannis left the work. We it's feel like it's been a while since we've had Giannis in early foul trouble. Um so hopefully you can avoid that again tomorrow. Um but certainly the 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 Pistons front line can can give them can ask some questions at least right, um and but man once you get to that bench, I mean let me let me read off the guys who who played for them last game off the bench James Ennis played 24 minutes, Anthony Tolliver 18, Luke Kennard 16, uh, so I should know how to pronounce his name because I know he's a Marquette guy and he's bounced around the league and he's been up and down the G League and and ten days and things like that but, is it Dwight Bikes Bucks?
1: I always thought it was Bucks. I'm not sure if bucks. it's bikes or bucks.
0: Okay, well, hopefully you can never trust Dwight Bucks. Um, <laughs> so hopefully he's also bad, um, but he's he's playing for the for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Eric Moreland, Henry Ellenson played last game. Um, I guess I guess at least at least you know as much as Thon Maker has not been good this year. At least Henry Ellenson uh, sucks as well. Uh, sucks harder than Thon. Uh, from, from what i <laughs> gather <laughs> by the way happy birthday to thon
1: yep happy birthday uh, had,
0: had his birthday have you ever had his had his birthday the other day um so anyway i uh, think that's it I, that let's 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 win a game bucks how about that make us all feel better win this game
1: yeah why not uh the bucks all have right. the pistons uh here on wednesday night they lose 107 104 to the wizards oh. Uh, Giannis, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, 6 blocks. Hashtag triple-double watch. Hashtag 5x5 watch. Uh, Both end up just a little bit short. Middleton, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. He does it on 6 of 13 shooting. Bledsoe, 17 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, uh, 6 of 15 shooting with really the big 3. 5 turnovers for Giannis three turnovers for middleton four turnovers for blood so i think that's probably where you decide the game but on the bright side a great performance for jabari parker two straight games where he's been able to really put up some points in his time on the floor 27 minutes for him tonight 19 points five rebounds and an assist for frank i'm eric this has been locked on bucks we'll talk to you after the pistons game